Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book, and I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 83 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. For today's episode, our topic is court cards. And we have a very special guest, my good friend, Ethany of Ethany.com. Welcome, Ethany. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you today, and this is such a hot topic. I think it's one that uh, a lot of people are curious about, so I want to thank you for being here to discuss this one. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be in your sphere. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. So I want to begin by asking you to describe what court cards are in layman's terms for people who are entirely new to tarot. What would you tell them about that? The court cards are a bit of a leftover, I guess, or a legacy from how the tarot was originally a card game that turned into something I mean, you can use the tool however you like, but for many of us, it's a very spiritual tool or a tool for insight. Um, it is a hierarchical um, representation of a royal court, and we have that alongside the different suits. And we can see the tarot court in play as I call them the people and the personality of the tarot, and therefore the people and the personalities of our lives. And they, they can be either a representation of an aspect of ourselves that's coming out to play, or they can actually be an external person that you are interacting with or is involved in the situation um, that you're currently reading about. So why do you think court cards are so tricky for people to learn? Because over the years, this is one of the things that I've had people say to me, is like, oh my God, these are so hard. Why do you think it's so difficult? I get that every day pretty much with people still saying that they're very difficult. I feel that they are a little, well, they're a little stuffy. Um, we don't really talk in that kind of language anymore. Their royalty is very rare. Um, I mean, we just had the royal wedding, but it's still quite a rare thing. Um, so kings, queens, pages, knights are not everyday vocabulary outside of, you know, Game of Thrones or our, our favorite kind of, uh, fiction. Um, they, but I think the thing that really gets most people is when they're reading the cards, they don't know whether the court card in play is a person external to them or if it's a part of themselves. And that is where I feel people get really confused mm-hmm. um, and they're looking at the, the court like, I don't, I'm just going to throw another card over it. <laughs> So how do you know if the court card is you or someone else? I mean, since you said that, that's a really good question, actually. And that is, I think, I think you're right. I think that's why people really struggle with that. So how do you know what it is? Yeah, and that's the reason why I wrote my book. <laughs> <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote my book because, for me, it is all about the behavior. It's all about the characteristics and the interaction. So take out the title, take out the assigned sex of that title um, and look at the behaviors, the characteristics and the um, interactions at play and then you're going to know. So when I wrote my book, I wrote about archetypes that could be either sex um, and archetypes that play out in different ways so that you can really easily look at what's going on and say, 
oh, that's definitely not me or that sounds exactly like, you know, my friend Kathy or whatever it may be. Um, but I think even beyond that, we have to be at a level where we can, with some sort of um, self-reflection, be able to say, you know, am I being unreasonable or am I being a bit of an a-hole or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if we're, not, if we're not willing to look at our stuff and a court card is coming up saying you may be being a little unfair and a bit harsh, if we're unable to kind of see that for ourselves, then that could be quite difficult too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's really interesting. You brought up the gender thing. And years ago when I was um, really early, early in my work, I had read for a man one time at a bar. And the card that I got uh, was the Queen of Pentacles reverse. And I said, okay, I said, it looks like there is this woman in your life and she's super high maintenance she's very needy she's very demanding um and he said stop right there he said well first of all i'm gay mm. but that describes my partner exactly mm. Anthony, that totally blew my mind because you know when i started reading tarot it was very much old school there was very little information so you mm. know queens were women kings mm-hmm. were males and um you know, I've really, that really got me to look at it very, very differently. So, you know, the question I want to ask you then is, does gender play anything into these cards or not? Does it matter? I don't think it does. And that was one of the things that I spent a long time researching and I spent a long, like a good, a good portion of my book talking about is how it's not about gender and how not even that, it's not even about the hierarchy it's all in how they access and how they use the power that they have and their skills and the talents that they have that makes them either a page or a knight or a queen or a king. It has nothing to do with their age, which you can still use as an identifier, but it has nothing to do with whether they're a male, female, whether they don't identify with any gender association. Um, it has nothing to do with any of it. It's all in the way that they hold that seat of that archetype. And when you look at it from an age perspective, I mean, I'm sure you've had readings with younger people where you've gone, oh, my gosh, this person is wise beyond their years. Yes. Um, you know, we can, can tend to be a little dismissive maybe if a page shows up and think, oh, well, you know, it's probably more of a childish thing or a child instead of going, well, where is actually the wisdom in that archetype? So um, I had a good, I had a really good time tearing down a few, <laughs> uh, a few things with the, the tarot court. Yeah, I think that's that's. I think the gender thing is really fascinating. And you know, back back, you know, here's where I could say, back in the day, you know, we didn't have <laughs> as many decks as we did either. So you would have a deck like the Rider Waite Smith deck, where you know you have your king, queen, you know, blah blah blah, and they're all white. And nowadays there are decks coming out. And the kings and the queens and the pages and the knights are, you know, they're all like really representing so But I think it has been remarkable over the last, I'd say like five, six, seven years, been the brilliance. And we've had some problems, obviously, with things like crowdfunding in our community, but the brilliance of, of something like Kickstarter um, that can give us something like the Dusk to Onyx or the Numinous Tarot, um, just to name two um, in the last little while that have come out and really uh, shaken things up in a way that it desperately needed to because our readers are rebels. Um, Most of us do not look at um, or live in a very white 
I mean, I know I don't. I live in Vancouver <laughs> and I come from Australia, very multicultural. Um, but we are in a, in a group of people who were not seeing themselves as readers even in the cards and with body type, with body shape, with age, um, you know, all that sort of disability, uh, visible disabilities, um, same-sex families, all that sort of stuff. So it's been incredible to see that we've gone from just being consumers to creators. And we've actually pushed major publishers to have to think more outside the box because we're showing them with our money yeah. where we want what we want to see and what we what we're kind of demanding, which is kind of rad. I totally agree, and you know there are some decks out there that I think are really getting people to uh, look at tarot differently and look at these court cards much differently, and so I'm all about that. So let's go ahead and spin around and talk about real quickly. What can you tell me about pages? Pages for me are communication. They are very much around how things travel from one place to another by communication. But for me, they are also the rawest of the elemental uh, archetypes. So, for example, my archetype for the Page of Wands is Peter Pan. Mm. And we all know a person who is older and still acts like they're a kid. They never want to grow up. They've never kind of conformed to social or cultural norms like marriage and things like that and nor do they want to um they've just kind of never kind of grown up in in air bunny quotes um so you can be a you can be a peter pan and be 56 you can be a peter pan and be four years old it all depends on um sort of how you are and, and i also have added in how each archetype acts at work, how they act in relationships, mm. what kind of relationship, because we can be one in one thing and a different archetype in another because we are multifaceted beings. So um, the page, we've got the, the Peter Pan, and then we have, the, like, say, the cups, which is my empath. And, again, you can be an empath, but for the, the uh, power, if you go from being an empath to who I call my mystic, which is the queen of cups, she has mastered that. The empath still kind of is in that raw state where they're trying to figure out how to, you know, where are my boundaries? How do I say no? How do I not get overwhelmed with things? Whereas if we move that through action with the knight and then we go into more of an emotional intelligence in the queen, then that's when you become the mystic who can hold that and also use that as a gift of service. Mm -hmm. I, so, think my, yeah. my, I think my kids would probably say I'm a page because... Uh, yeah, I sometimes act like a big, immature brat around here, so <laughs> I can identify with that. So what about we no, all can, right? Well, of course, you know, again, I think you made a really good point that we have all of these courts within us, right? Mm -hmm. Just like we have all the major arcana archetypes within us, and every one of us at some points has lived a different part of the, you know, the um, different minor arcanas. That have the, these are all archetypes that we can all identify with. Absolutely, yeah. So what can you tell us quickly about knights? What do we need to know knights. about knights? Oh, knights, are, they are all action-based. Um, they are all different types of warriors. So for me, they talk about anything to do with um, protection, service, uh, having a, a grander thing in mind. They are always serving something. So uh, the, the Knight of Cups, who's my Casanova or my romantic, serves love. It could be a healthy version of love, could be an unhealthy version of love, but they are, their ideal, their grail is love. Um, then we have the, say, the Knight of Swords, their truth. 
they but they're also the most warrior of the warriors they will um cut down think act first think later they will cut with words that kind of thing they are definitely the warrior and then we have who the knight of pentacles is my soldier and that's different than the warrior a soldier will follow orders they will look for brotherhood they will look for leadership and a system to be a part of, and they will follow orders even if they don't agree with it. A warrior will not. A warrior is much more, I'm going to go my own way, and no one tells me what to do. Mm-hmm. I love that. And let's talk about queens quickly. What do we need to know about queens? Queens, to me, feel like they are the emotional intelligence aspects of ourselves. So whether we're emotionally um, intelligent about the power that we hold through the queen of wands, or whether we're emotionally intelligent about how, like with the Queen of Swords, um, if you can be more fair and a little bit more understanding of how words can shape and possibly cut down people, then we can really hold that emotional intelligence there. If we're the Queen of Pentacles, it's more how the physical world and how our physical, our body, our environment, all that kind of stuff, how that intelligence plays in and how they nurture through that. And then we've got the um, who am I missing? The cups? Yes. She's the emotional intelligence in a spiritual way. So she learns how to use her, you know, her intuition and all that sort of stuff to nurture. So they're very nurturing as well as, as being um, the emotional intelligence of the suits. And kings? What do we need to know about these guys? They are the leaders. So at the, And it's not to say that queens can't be leaders. They just do it in a different way. Queens will nurture in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. And they more than a king who's going to stand in front of the the front line and be like, "I'm here, follow me." <laughs> um, so they are the leaders. So we have the very charismatic leaders. We have the very practical, "Don't waste my time" leaders, which are like the king of uh, pentacles. They're like, "You don't come to me without a, a solution." And if I'm, you know, time is money, and if you want to invest, I'm the right person. The King of Cups, who's one of my absolute favorite, is the the leader of the shadows. He wants to get deep. He wants to understand the psyche. He's going to show you your shadow side um, and be very mysterious, being that Scorpio. Um, And then we have the King of Swords, who wants to push humanity forward. Mm -hmm. Um, They are the, the leader of ideals, philosophy, science. They want to push us forward. So they all have their own aspect of how they lead but they are definitely the ones where they've mastered their little niche and they absolutely know where they stand and then people will flock to them depending on what they're looking for in their lives and their journeys. So let me ask you this. Do you think that you should pick a court card consciously to represent you like a significator or do you think it's better to just, you know, whatever comes up, that's the card that you are? That's a really good question. I've done both. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that I prefer not to pick one I always ask my clients what's your date of birth um, especially if I'm doing remote readings so I can get the absolute full name and date of birth so I know I'm reading for the right person um, but I will will think okay well I know that that is a you know Sagittarius for example and then if, if it comes up in the cards I'm like oh that could be them but I also look at the interactions between the cards and the court card because that's going to play a part as well like how would how would the king of pentacles deal with the four of pentacles versus how would a knight of wands deal with the four of pentacles? That's when you're looking at the interaction. That's when you're looking at the behavior. And that's when you're going to know. Mm-hmm. Got it. So can you give my audience one tip 
that could help them start to learn how to work with the court cards? Just one. Just one. Um, please, for the love of goodness, don't take them out of the deck. <laughs> Don't take them out of the deck. Um, I think uh, that's I've seen that happen before. Um, embrace them as much as possible, and uh, I know this is more than one tip, but just even looking at their physical stance, looking at how they are physically represented in the cards, is going to tell you a lot. Their body language, where they're facing, what they're looking at, how they're holding their cup, their pentacle, their sword, whatever it may be. Look at how they're doing that. Look at their face. Actually look at, because there's so many clues, just even if you're working with any deck, of, of what that kind of person can be, you know, through their clothing, the colours. Um, if you don't know anything else, you know, have a look at their body, have a look at what's actually being presented to you in the card. That's an awesome tip. So you've got a new book coming out that you've been mentioning here, and I know it's all about mm-hmm. court cards. Can you tell me all about this and how your book might help tarot readers nail the courts once and for all. So the book is uh, called Your Tarot Court, How to Read Any Deck with Confidence, and it will be out in spring 2019 through Llewellyn. And I, I designed the book to specifically get people to get very, very comfortable with the court by breaking down things like gender hierarchy, um, all of these things that people may have, have gotten stuck on and really freeing them outside of those limitations, but then giving a blueprint of archetypes that you can work with and see how they actually come into play in a re- very, very real way. Um, and then even if the archetypes that I've picked are not ones that you particularly resonate with or agree with, um, you can put your own archetype on that and then build build on top of that blueprint that's given um, to, to, to flesh it out in a way that you can understand. I love that. I think this is going to be a book that really gives people um, a lot of great help and support in understanding these very tricky cards. So I want to thank you for writing it, Ethany. Oh, I hope everyone loves it. <laughs> I think they will. I, I'm going to predict that that's going to be a very popular and much needed book for New readers and probably, you know, I think us old readers too, we need new tricks too because like I illustrated too back in the day when I started reading, there's very, very little literature. So it's good to have these modern uh, takes on this work because I think it's going to revolutionize it and just make it, make the learning a lot easier or maybe a lot more deeper. So thank you again. I hope so. That's definitely the aim. Yes, and people can find you where, Ethany? I know you're all over the web. Yeah, I am. So, Ethany.com is my HQ. Um, I also am the headmistress of the Tarot Readers Academy, which is just tarotreadersacademy.com. And um, I'm at Ethany on Instagram. And I'm pretty much well, Ethany Tarot on Facebook. And I've got a YouTube channel too that you can just pretty much youtube ethany and i'm gonna pop up so i'm pretty i am pretty much everywhere (laughs) excellent and it's good that you are everywhere to spread all this tarot goodness so i want to thank you for all of that too and that wraps up this episode of tarot bites i'm so delighted that ethany took time to talk to us you guys make sure you do get to her website ethany.com check out all the great stuff that she's got going on because you're going to learn a lot from this lady 
And as a reminder, you can also check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, and hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and so many other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. Have a beautiful day. And hey, if you like this podcast, do me a solid and take a moment and leave a positive review on iTunes because that's a way for more tarot lovers to find their way to Tarot Bites. And I always love to uh, finish off by saying, please play, <laughs> I can talk, please pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.